welcome to Jersey Sunday. Who's excited about Jersey Sunday? Come on, right on. Well, here's the deal. It's an important part. Anytime you walk out onto a platform to speak to a group of people, you got to know who you're speaking to. So I want to get to know the audience both here in the house and also with New Life Online. We got a big game going on today. Apparently, I think it has to do with teams from Kansas City and Philadelphia. So if you are going for the Chiefs, let's hear you. Okay. Not too bad. That's kind of what I expected. We're, we're in the Midwest. They're a Midwest team. How about Philadelphia? Do we have any Eagles fans? Yeah. Not many, but they are loud. Okay. Very good. If you're with us, New Life Online, I want you to type in the chat right now. Are you going for the Chiefs or the Eagles? Uh, also, I want to broaden it a little bit because I realize not everybody loves American football. But some of you will endure today's game because your team commercials. Who loves the commercials? We got a few. That's like the, like the kindest applause. All right. Not super aggressive, but I want to be heard. Okay. How about Team Rihanna? Anybody excited for the halftime? Somebody in the, in the middle, she like realized nobody else was, but she's pumping her fist. She is ready. My wife, about 12 years ago, that would have been what was most exciting for her. How about team, give me all the food? I just want all the food. I don't care who's playing. It could be the Super Bowl of badminton. I don't care. I just want to eat. All right, I want wings. I want nachos. Okay, how about this? How many of you are team, just give me a book and let me be in bed by 8.30? Yes. Yes, come on, somebody. Man, well, I, growing up, I was obsessed with sports. And obsessed probably isn't a strong enough word to talk about just how much sports consumed my life. In fact, every morning, this was back in the day where you didn't have the 24-hour news cycle. You couldn't just jump on Twitter to, you know, find out who had been traded or how many points someone had scored. You had to watch SportsCenter. And Sports Center the night before was where they would run down, they'd show all the highlights, and you'd get all the stats, and you'd find out who had won. Well, then they would just replay that same episode of Sports Center the next morning. All right, I'm really dating myself, okay? I, I am 40 years old, but back in the day, I would get up in the morning at 645, and I would shower, I would brush my teeth, and I would get down to our kitchen where we had this small little TV by 7 o'clock so that I could then watch a full hour of the rerun of SportsCenter from the night before. So then I could get to school and I would be up to speed. I could talk to all my friends about how the Broncos had just won or whatever. I was obsessed with sports. I couldn't tell you the make or model of any single car that drove down the street. But if you wanted to know the, the current batting average of the Atlanta Braves' top prospect playing in, in Rome in their minor league system, I could tell you. Okay, I could probably tell you what his blood type was, where, you know, he loved to go out to eat. I knew all of that, all right? I, I'm a little bit ashamed to admit this. For the longest time, I didn't even know how to do a single load of laundry, okay? Thankfully, my mom did teach me before I went off to college. But if you wanted to know who the third string right guard was for the, the practice squad of the Denver Broncos, I'd know who he was. First, middle, and last name, social security number probably as well. And that was all before the internet. 
Okay, I was obsessed with sports. I grew up in Cozad, Nebraska, home of the Haymakers. Come on, somebody. I was complimenting a friend in the lobby on his Holdridge jersey. All right, he's a duster. And I said, now I'm an old Haymaker, but you still have a sweet jersey on. I love it. But I was obsessed with sports. I grew up at Cozad, and, and I had an amazing childhood. My dad, he grew up kind of all over Colorado, and so he loved the Broncos. He loved basketball, and so we would get to go to Denver Nuggets games. And when I was a kid, the first game I ever got to go to was against my favorite team, the Boston Celtics and the Denver Nuggets. We sat all the way. This isn't in my notes. We're going to go long today. But <laughs> I got to see Larry Bird play, but not a full game because he got kicked out. Really didn't matter because we were like clear up. I think we were in the next to last row. All I remember, it was so hot that I took my shirt off. I was like six years old, all right? And, but anyways, I, Celtics were my favorite team, but I loved the Nuggets because of the proximity. And my dad would take us out to a game almost every year. And when I was nine years old, the Nuggets drafted this, this seven-foot, two-inch giant He's from the University of Georgetown, but before that, he was born in the middle of Africa. His name is Dikembe Mutombo. Dikembe Mutombo, and I'm just, I mean, I'm nine years old, and I'm just starting to really grasp what's going on in the NBA, and I was fascinated by Dikembe Mutombo. I couldn't say his name right for the longest time. I, I'm sure you guys can understand why, but Dikembe Mutombo became my favorite player. And because he was my favorite player, I always wanted to get his jersey, all right? Truth be told, I didn't get his jersey until about two years ago, but that's okay because if I'd have got it when I was nine, it wouldn't fit me now, all right? But Matumbo was my favorite jersey, and so I wanted to buy his jersey. I wanted to wear his jersey. Why? Why did I want Dikembe Matumbo's Denver Nuggets jersey with the sweet, you know, sunset over the Rockies? Why? Well, on the surface, I think I wanted people to know who my favorite player was. I wanted that person that I would pass in the, in the hallways of school that I didn't even have to say anything. They could just look and they could see I loved Dikembe Mutombo I, so much that I got his jersey. But I think below the surface, if we dig a little deeper, I wanted people to be aware of who I was based on who I identified as my favorite team or my favorite player. I think we all do that. We all want to express who we are. It may not be with a sports team jersey that we wear, but it might be the car that you drive and what you want that person at the stoplight who doesn't even know you, what you want them to think of you when they look and see you behind the wheel of insert your favorite car. How about maybe the memes that you share on social media? You want people to know your sense of humor based on what you share and what you think is funny. Maybe it's the shoes that you wear. Maybe it's the politician sign that you stick in your front yard that I think there should be a law that they have to be removed within 48 hours of the election. But that's for another message. All right? We love to display our allegiance. We love to display our allegiance to someone or something for others to see. We want people to know whose team we're on. When, we, when they see our allegiance, they see what we value. And so today, I would just ask you, what jersey 
have you been wearing lately? What identity have you been you know, displaying for the whole world to see? The people that you walk past, the people that you, you work with or you go to class with, what jersey have you been wearing lately? If someone looked at your life, what jersey would they see? Today is all about what we can do if we realize that we're wearing the wrong jersey. When our identity is caught up in something that's misguided. When it's not what we were meant to be. Let me give you some examples of the jerseys that sometimes we wear. The first one, you, you might be wearing the retro jersey. It's all about the past. It's all about the glory days. When people sit and have conversations with you, the only thing you want to bring up is the past because for you, that was the best life that you've ever experienced. And so you're a prisoner of the past. You wear the retro jersey and and it causes you to never enjoy the moment and to feel like nothing good is on the horizon. The retro jersey is one you might wear. You might also wear the oversized jersey. Have you ever seen somebody before that's wearing the, the jersey that doesn't fit them? This morning, my son Bear, he's our five-year-old, and he came in wearing one of the jerseys that I had when I was in high school, and my wife had to safety pin it up here because it doesn't fit him, but yet he wanted to wear it. The oversized jersey, it doesn't fit because it was designed for someone else. It's the size and the shape and the length that is really built for somebody other than you, but you feel this pressure to wear it to try to be somebody else. We wear this jersey, the oversized jersey, when we're not comfortable with who God made us to be. When we feel like we've got this this pressure to be somebody else that maybe others want us to be. Maybe you can't really identify with the retro jersey or the oversized jersey. How about the bandwagon jersey? You switch jerseys like, man, each and every day based on who you're going to be around and what you think they expect of you. You're switching jerseys just like all the NBA players at the recent trade deadline. There were players being shipped around the country left and right, changing jerseys. And you're doing it because... Man, if if you're honest, you struggle to just be you. And so you feel like, man, I've got got to go search and i got to figure out who I am. And so I'm going to try on all of these different jerseys. The last one that you might find yourself wearing today is the game-used jersey. The game-used jersey, what do I mean by that? It's grass-stained. It's dirty. It's maybe torn here or there. It... It reeks because it's never been washed, and it's a desperate need of being cleaned. But as much as you have tried to wash those grass stains out, you can't seem to get them out. It's the game-used jersey. It's the jersey of your life and your past and your sin and your mistakes and every regret that you've ever had. This game-used jersey that some of us wear, it reminds us of our past. It wears us out. It leaves us feeling hopeless. Have you ever felt like you have this jersey that you honestly, you don't want to wear any longer, but you don't know how to get a new one? I don't need you to raise your hand. 
I don't need you to pump your fist if that's you. But just be real with yourself for a moment. Do you have a jersey on that you want to get rid of, but you just don't know how? Or you don't know which one you're going to put on instead? Today, I want you to know that Jesus, he has a jersey for you. I'm going to call it Team Jesus today. Jesus has a jersey for you, and most importantly, he has a spot on his team for each and every one of us. And being a part of his team, it's the best team you could ever experience. And you're going you're gonna to have an opportunity before I'm done preaching today to join Team Jesus. So I want you to be considering that as I, as I continue on. When it comes to becoming a part of an NFL team, there's a unique process. Obviously, you have to be super good at football But even the best of the best in college get invited then to what they call the NFL Scouting Combine. I'm fascinated by the the Combine because, you know, they've got tape. They can go back and watch games that these players played in. They can see their skill level. They can see what they do in the actual heat of the battle when they're actually in a game going against an opponent. But at the NFL Combine, it's where they put together, they invite the best players from college to come, basically then, so the, the NFL teams can send their scouts and their front office people, their coaches, and they can go and they can analyze each and every player a ridiculous amount. I mean, it's insane the amount of time and energy and resources they invest into the NFL Combine to look at people, look at players to decide who they want on their team. Now, the mentality of a lot of the coaches and the scouts and the front office people is not so much about, oh man, I can't wait, I want to go get this guy. What they're doing is they are looking for the flaws. Why shouldn't we have this guy on our team? Why isn't he good enough to come and be a part of the Broncos or the Cowboys? They're looking for reasons not to bring this person onto their team. Let's say you're a quarterback prospect. You're a quarterback prospect. You just finished your college career. You get invited to the NFL Scouting Combine. Let me tell you a little bit of what you're going to do at the NFL Scouting Combine. You're going to throw all sorts of of passes, okay? Not a big deal. That's what a quarterback does primarily. And so you're going to be tested. You're going to display your ability on slant routes, out routes, curl routes, dig routes, post corner routes, and deep go routes. I think this year they're going to add the paper route as well, all right? But every route, every throw that you could imagine you're going to do, you're going to be tested in your 40-yard dash. How fast can you run 40 yards? You're going to bench press 225 pounds, if you can. I never could. All right, 225 pounds. And not just once, but they're going to see how many times can you do it without stopping. Okay, some of you are already worn out. Vertical jump. How high can you jump? Broad jump. How far can you jump? 20-yard shuttle run. Three-cone drill. 60-yard shuttle. In addition to the physical testing, you're going to be put through psychological testing. You'll be drug tested. Your intellect will be measured. Your decision making will be measured. Your hand will be measured. And all of this is done to try to figure out what's wrong with you. All of it. All of it's done 
to figure out, like, who cares if you threw for 50, you know, 50 touchdowns in college last year, but man, if, you're, if your hand's about a half inch too small, they don't think they want you. They're looking for the flaws. They're all trying to figure out why you're not good enough. Now, when it comes to life, have you ever done this to yourself? Have you ever done that? I know I have. I know my flaws. I know my mistakes. I know my sin better than anybody else. And that prevent, uh, prevents me sometimes to stepping into the life, into the jersey, into being a part of the team that God is inviting me to be a part of. You fixate on your flaws. You know them better than any, anybody else. You know your past. In fact, your past might be something that you're still carrying along with you. And you think that it always disqualifies you. You know the sin that you struggle with in secret that nobody else knows about. You do. It's easy to think, who would ever want me on their team? Who would ever want me to be a part of what they're doing and the team that they're building? As hard as it may be to believe this right now, the answer to that is Jesus. Jesus wants you to be a part of his team. And he knows you better than anybody else, including yourself. Let me, let me share just a little bit about how well Jesus knows you. Psalm 139, I'm going to read a few verses out of Psalm 139. It says this, O Lord, Jesus, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do and you know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Now, if we're not already on Team Jesus, that can be intimidating. That can we can disqualify ourselves and think, okay, if he knows everything about me, he knows my thoughts, he knows my sin, he knows my past, he knows my mistakes, it can be easy to be overwhelmed with shame or guilt or to disqualify yourself. But you have to realize this truth. Romans 5, 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were still wearing the retro jersey or the game-worn jersey or the oversized jersey. While we were trying to be somebody else. While we, were, we had separated ourselves from Christ because of our sin. He loved us enough that he came and he died for us. Jesus saw every flaw and died on the cross to take the punishment that you deserved, that I deserved. Let that sink in for a minute. He had every reason to look at you and think, well, geez, you're not worth giving up my life for. But instead, he loved you so much that he said, yeah, I got a jersey for you. I've got a spot for you on my team, and the way that I can open up that spot, the way I can offer you that jersey is to go to the cross and die in your place. It's fascinating. Fascinating that he would do that. Not only did he die on a cross for us, but he rose from the grave to defeat sin, to pay for the, the, the debt for our sin. He conquered death, and in doing so, he made a way for you to be saved. He made a way for you to get the jersey of Team Jesus and be a part of his team. 
You don't have to live in the shackles of your past. You don't have to continue being defined by the jersey that, that covers you, that has all of the sins of your past. You don't have to wear the jersey that doesn't fit you because it was designed for somebody else. If Jesus wanted you to be someone else, he would have made you somebody else. Your identity, your jersey doesn't have to be based on your sin, but it can be based by the Savior that paid for your sin. The jersey you wear around doesn't have to be the one that displays your sin, your shortcomings. Instead, it can display the Savior that has forgiven your sin. If you surrender your life to Jesus in a few moments, the Bible is clear that you will be saved. In other words, you will become a part of his team. Romans 10 verses 9 through 10 say this. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, that he is the leader of your life, that you surrender your life to him and let him lead, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. That you get to become a part of Team Jesus. Now, a part of being a successful team is knowing your opponent. The best teams don't spend you know, an unbalanced amount of time focusing on, their, uh, focusing on their opponents. But it's important for you to know your opponent. It's healthy for us to know who our opponent is. And, and in this, this game of life that we are all playing, there is an opponent. His, we refer to him oftentimes as the devil, the enemy, Satan. And he would rather you do anything, anything other than join Team Jesus. He would rather you do anything other than surrender your life to Jesus and put on the jersey that he has given you. See, the, the enemy, the devil, Satan, he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And the last thing he wants is for you to be a part of Team Jesus. The, excuse me, the Bible refers to him as the father of lies. So he does everything he can to try to trick you into believing that Jesus would never make room for you on his team. But what we just read in Scripture tells us otherwise. The enemy would rather that you keep trying on jersey after jersey, just thinking that eventually you're going to find the right one that's going to satisfy you or impress those people that you care about. And he doesn't want you to put on the jersey of Team Jesus. The devil loves it. In fact, when the name on the back of your jersey that you're wearing displays your worst sin, he loves it when it's the mistakes of your life, the regrets of your life that are displayed on your jersey. He loves it when the name on the back of your jersey says alcoholic, divorced, porn addict, fraud, liar, failure. He wants you to wear the jersey of oppression, of shame, of guilt, of bondage. But when you surrender your life to Jesus, when you make him the Lord and the leader, if I could even put it this way and not cheapen it, if, if you could let him be your head coach, man, your life will no longer be defined by your past. It'll no longer be defined by your worst mistake. It'll no longer be defined by your sin. Instead, the name on the back of your jersey says forgiven. The name on the back of your jersey can say redeemed, set free, child of God loved. Let today be the day that you put on the jersey of Team Jesus and you start fresh. Colossians 3 verse 10 
says this, put on your new nature. I think the NFL translation of the Bible says put on your new jersey. And be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Put on your new jersey today. And then next week, come and join us. We're going to start a short two-week series called Living Your Best Life. When we think about that scripture and it says, get to know your creator and become like him, that's what the next two weeks are about. Will you be perfectly like Christ after two weeks? No. No, but these next two weeks will be crucial for you. If you put on the Team Jesus jersey today, make plans to come back the next two weeks. Pastor Jeff is going to be preaching, and he's going to share some very practical wisdom and advice and things that are easy to apply to your life. And if you do those, you'll become more like your creator. You'll become more like Jesus. Now, I had a number of people ask me today, man, I thought you were a Celtics fan. Why are you wearing a Nuggets jersey? I said, well, because I want to tell a story at the very end of the message. And so we're going to start to kind of make our way to the end of the message. And in just a moment, you're going to have a chance to surrender your life to Jesus. But I want to tell you, as a young kid, I think I was 11 or 12. I was obsessed with sports. Like I said, my dad takes our family out to a Denver Nuggets game. And, man, we were, my brothers and I, my sister just tolerated us. Uh, but my brothers and I, we were obsessed with getting players autographs. And in an NBA arena, you, you really can't get close enough to bother them before the game. And so we, we knew we weren't going to be able to meet Dikembe Mutombo. We weren't going to be able to get his autograph before the game started. But afterwards, I, I told my dad, I said, Dad, can we go stand by the player's parking lot? Can we just go stand and see? If there's any chance that Matumbo will come out. And he was like, I don't care. Sure, let's do it. And so we, we go to the edge of the player's parking lot. There are these cement barriers. You can't, for good reason, get in amongst the player's cars. And we're just sitting there thinking, man, who's going to come out? Who's going to come out and not just walk straight to their car, but who might come over and talk to us? I'm hoping and probably praying that it's Matumbo. And we see some of the kind of lesser-known Denver Nuggets come out. And sure enough, a couple of them came over. And they were probably just glad that somebody wanted their autograph. Okay? But we wait, and we wait, and we wait. Matumbo's their best player, so he's probably got other media interviews. He's, he's got to be at the post-game press conference and stuff like that. But eventually, the seven-foot-two Dikembe Matumbo walks over to us. He doesn't just go straight to his car. He comes over to our group. There's maybe a dozen of us. And he tells us, and, and I, I'm not even going to try to impersonate his voice. It is the lowest voice I think Jesus has ever produced. Okay? If he was to sing along to Deb's bass guitar, he'd have to sing soprano for him. Like falsetto for him. It, it's crazy. But he comes over and he tells us all that he'll sign one thing per person. And I get to just, like, be in Matumbo's presence for a moment. Now, I'm a kid. I realize as I've grown up, he's just a man, you know. But it was transformative for me. I got his, uh, his rookie card autographed. You could probably buy it on eBay for three bucks now. But to me, at the time, this is my most prized possession. I met Dikembe Matumbo. 
I had to be at the right place at the right time. And Matumbo had to be in the right mood. They had to have won the game. And, and all of these things had to align just right for me to get to meet Matumbo. And you're, at, you're probably thinking, why are you talking about this? Well, it's because everything doesn't have to align just perfectly for you to meet with Jesus. You don't have to wait around and hope that Jesus is in the right mood to meet with you. You don't have to wait around and just think, okay, God, I, I just hope today's the day that you'll let me meet you. No, today is the day that he wants to meet with you. Today's the day that he wants to put his jersey on you. And how do you do that? In a moment, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And in fact, I'm going to invite everybody to do a repeat after me prayer. Those of you that have surrendered your life to Jesus years ago, I'm going to ask you to pray it out loud just as a way of reassuring those that are praying it for the first time today that they're a part of a team. That it's not just their voice that's going to be saying this out loud, but you are with them. So do you want to put on the jersey of Team Jesus today? That's what it boils down to. Do you want to get rid of the other jerseys that you've been trying to wear, you've trying to have been walking around in, in life and, and, and leave you never satisfied? I want you to, to close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to consider what jersey have you been wearing? Is today the day for you to put on the jersey of Team Jesus? If it is, we're going to pray a simple prayer. And if you believe it in your heart, if you pray this sincerely as you, as you repeat after me, then Jesus meets you in this moment. His word tells us that where two or three are gathered in his name, that he's with them also. So Jesus is right here and he wants to meet with you. He wants to change the course of your life forever right here in this moment. Will you let him? Will you open up the door of your heart and say, Jesus, I need you to come in. I need you to be my Lord and my leader. Now's the time to make that decision. With all eyes closed, if you're ready to make that decision, if you're going to be praying this prayer for the first time ever or the first time in a really long time, before we pray it with all eyes closed, will you raise your hand? So I know who I'm praying with. I see you right here in the front row. Is there anybody else? I see you, yes, over here to my right that's going to be praying this. I see you in the center section. Thank you, yes, both of you. Very good. Church, let's pray this prayer. Repeat after me. Father, Today, I know I need you. I've done things and said things that have separated me from you. Today, I repent of my sin. I turn from it, and I turn to you. Jesus, I believe you died for me. Jesus, I believe you rose from the grave. Right here, right now, I surrender my life to you. I ask you to be my Lord and my leader. Thank you for making room for me. 
will follow you wherever you lead me. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Church, come on, let's celebrate with those that have joined Team Jesus today. Right on. That is the best decision you ever could have made.